going to briefly, I don't have a lot to say, uh, but I just want to introduce you to Brother John, and, and we've got a video we're going to roll, so if you guys, you got that ready, um, we're going to play that here in just a second. Uh, before we do that, I, I just will share the little bit I do know. I got to spend a lot of yesterday with Brother John here, and um, I don't know if you were telling me in the car or if it's something I had heard. He's got a podcast. It's called The Reach, and it's, it's really great. If you like podcasts, you should listen to that. And I heard him talking on that, too, about the call. You know, he was called at, I believe it was 11 or 12 years old. He felt a call and a leading to go into the, the ministry. And as he just said yes to God, he led him a step at a time. And, you know, something I was just, I was getting this morning in prayer was the closer you walk with God, the more your heart's going to look like his heart. You know, the more time you spend following the Lord, the more your heart is going to be aligned with His. And I'll tell you, as I, I've gotten to listen to and just talk with Brother John, it's so clear that he's taken steps after the Lord for the last 25 years because his heart is totally in line with, I believe, the heart of God. He has a heart for the nations. He has a heart for people. I believe you're going to hear that this morning just listening to him talk about stories and the way he shares things. It's like he, he loves people. And then did you know our God loves people? He's a people loving God and that's why he sent his son and so this morning I know you're going to be encouraged and I know you're going to just be stirred like we prayed out at the beginning of service today that as you hear about someone who's gone into to the nations and just has this heart and this passion to go and take the message out I believe it's it's going to be something that builds you up too because if you've been born again you've got that same heart in you did you know that you've got a new heart by the power of the Holy Spirit and it's it's not some kind of worldly heart that's focused on worldly things no, it is a heart that's after God's heart. And when that's in you, you're going to be stirred up. Your heart is going to be fired up and encouraged hearing about the things that God's doing in the world. And so if you're ready for that this morning, I want you to just help me welcome Brother John as he comes up and we can applaud after the video if that sounds good to everybody. So I'm going to let the video roll. good to be back at Abundant Life Ministries. Thank you guys as a church and thank you Pastor Isaac for that just gracious introduction. 
Uh, I just love this church, this ministry, the legacy that it represents, generational legacy here. And it is beautiful to see how powerfully you guys have walked over this last year, a year that uh, some churches did not fare well. How many know that? But when God is in a vision, it fares well, and especially under godly ordained leadership. And I believe that's what Pastor Isaac is and, and his lead team are, and it shows. And it shows in how you guys so support your frontline missionaries. I mean, to tell you, I was talking to folks in the lobby, and I don't know of a partner church that so features uh, missionaries from all around the world. Your missionaries that you're in partnership like you guys do. We've got a lot of partners and we appreciate them all, churches that stand with us. But even an assigned communication point person, and I've got to say that we're so busy at Gold Ventures and at times I find myself spinning so many different plates that uh, I'm not a big uh, messenger Facebooker. My, my team has to help me with those and I'll occasionally check things out and but they have to help with that process. But you guys proactively reach out. If the whole church doesn't know this, I just want you to know it and give you two thumbs way up because you're so proactive in communicating, showing videos, featuring uh, your missionaries. And I'll tell you, it makes a difference because the church that is about the world is really about the heartbeat of God. And I remember a, a large pastor, large church, of a denominational church actually, but a spirit-filled denomination. His name's Dan Betzer, uh, down out of Fort Myers. I re recently had the privilege of going down to that area of the country <clears throat> to do some ministry and all. But for years, he had led his denomination in world missions giving and put it at the forefront of everything the church did. And he finally wrote a book about it because he saw the trend and the parallel of why some churches are blessed and others aren't. And that's what he titled the book. You guys are a blessed church. And man, it is no secret to me when I watch and look at how you guys do things. From right here in Jefferson, man, you are a model. The size town, the size church you are, you are a model that I'm gonna talk to mega churches about because there is an unfortunate trend in the United States of America where people don't feature missions like you guys are doing. So again, two thumbs way up. I just can't say and thank you enough for such a stalwart stand of going after getting God, getting the gospel to the far four corners of the earth, to the nations of the earth. And so um, as you can see in the video, a huge just central passion in our hearts at Global Ventures is really getting the gospel not just to other countries, uh, although we have trips and projects uh, that we do all over the place, but ultimately it's to get to that section of the world. And a huge focus point of Global Ventures is that 1040 region that you just saw about. And so with that, you guys, because of all that I just described, kind of are in a category that is unique. I'm gonna show you some footage that I don't show other churches because not only does this church partner monthly with Global Ventures, but you partner with our Thailand Harvest Plan. And many of you have heard through the years as I've come and shared uh, about that God birth strategy of systematically going in, doing evangelism projects, mass crusades, in and out of schools, facilitating not only foreigners into that country, Westerners into that country, but also facilitating and raising up Thai leadership to reach their own land and showing them, putting the tools in their hands. 
even though COVID would not allow us to go into uh, the nations of the earth in 2020, the harvest machines kept moving forward because of strategies like this and support like what Abundant Life Ministries give. So what you're about to see is a new region that we had never worked in. The pastors reached out to Bob Scott, our director on the ground, a good old Iowa boy and our man, he's not a young man now, he's served for many, many years and said, we need help. And we brought some of our pastor team uh, from the Thailand Harvest Plan Global Ventures up there and began to train them in how to share the gospel so that we could lock arms with them in Christmas outreaches. And there was a narrow window of time where things began to open up and the lockdowns allowed for those Christmas outreaches to happen. So to preface the first video, it's very raw. It's not going to be with the music and everything. This is filmed in the trenches, probably, if not Bob, probably one, actually one of our Thai pastors just doing the best he could to film. The first clip that you're going to see is actually a pastor practicing sharing part of our gospel presentation and specifically the miracle story of the leper. And as he's sharing the power of the gospel in this moment, you're gonna see something that's very rare in Asiatic cultures and especially in areas like Thailand. Men do not show emotion publicly and they definitely don't cry. You're gonna see this pastor that's been in the ministry for years being overcome with emotion because of the power of learning how to share the gospel in this just straightforward, simple way. It just overwhelmed him. And you're gonna see that, and then you're gonna see part of an actual outreach where scores of people came to Jesus right there in one of those Christmas outreach locations. We'll roll that. Were you able to get a little more volume? They're covering him because he had started to break down. Man, hallelujah. Man, Now the next one is an outreach there at Christmas time. There's a translation, praying the prayer of salvation right there. Alive today, 
Jesus, I invite you into my life. I will serve you. Please come and be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. I got ahead of the translation because I don't speak Thai that well, but that's what they were saying. For those in the back, if you couldn't read the, the smaller lettering up there, it thrills me. One of the assignments I've seen in uh, doing Global, Ven Global Ventures officially has been here now this, this month, uh, 23 years. And of course I was in ministry, doing and pursuing ministry before that, but the official start of the ministry, that's the number of years. And something that I've observed God puts different uh, assignments and with different assignments on different ministries, different men and women, uh, there's different aspects that flow forth that you'll see in the fruit of what you do if you're obedient over time. And that's why it's so crucial to be obedient in the Great Commission assignment that he has for your life. Every one of us are tied to the Great Commission movement in, in some capacity and in every potential capacity that the Lord would prompt us to do. You know, if he says, you know, go to the other side of the planet, uh, you should go to the other side of the planet. And I believe strongly everyone ought to come at least one time in their lifetime on a trip that's a life-giving, gospel-declaring, miracle-working missions trip. You know, a lot of different humanitarian aid opportunities out there, but Jesus didn't say go do a humanitarian aid project. He said go preach the gospel. And so there's a few projects still open. Be believing and standing with us. Uh, because COVID restrictions and COVID lockdowns are still very real. We just are about to make the official announcement. Don't throw it up on social media. Um, but we, our team on the ground right now in Ecuador, our uh, South American coordinator up from Peru is there, my right-hand man, and part of his, uh, his assistant is there right now coordinating with pastors in Ecuador, we will have to move our Peru project into Ecuador because Peru is locked down too tightly. So we're gonna hit another area of Ecuador. And this is all unfolding real time. How many know God has put, I believe very strongly, something seen on the American church and it's seen in America in general, is that we are a pioneering people group. We are a pioneering nation. And with that, we help stir and lead others to step out and do uncommon, unusual things. We don't take no for an answer. And that's our, man, our mantra at Global Ventures is that all may know. We're not gonna let COVID talk us out of the Great Commission. We're not gonna disobey that. We're gonna find a way to fulfill the words and decrees of the Lord and Savior Jesus because it is what we're to be called to, uh, and about to do, we're to be about doing. And it is the greatest thrill, the greatest thing anyone can ever experience. So one of the things I found myself in here just a couple of weeks ago was being on the phone in a Zoom call pulling in 16 pastors or so from Ecuador because they almost were like, well, COVID and wearing masks, we gotta kinda just throw in the towel, we can't do much. 
And I was like, no, we can do something. We can do a whole lot. We can go out and bring the gospel in villages and, and parks and markets and anywhere they'll let us go. We'll push that envelope. And if they restrict the number of people coming together, we're going to leverage social media, broadcast anything, radio, anything and everything to do an actual crusade across the airwaves, across the internet, YouTube. Our contacts in Albania got so excited. They said, we very possibly will reach more doing it through YouTube than even maybe using broadcast across the nation if we advertise it, right? I said, I told my team, we're not gonna take no for an answer. Let's, we give prizes away in person for people that attend, they turn in their card and that's how we get their follow-up. We don't go for a call down front, we go for the whole crowd. Let's get the whole crowd Jesus and lead them to Jesus because when you have 90 to 95% of them and they've never heard the gospel, let's not just limit it to space that people can't all fit in. Let's go for everyone under the sound of our voice because the world is lost and God's not trying to keep people out of heaven. God's trying to get them in. That's why he gave his best, he gave his highest. He gave Jesus Christ, God the Son, and he doesn't hold anything back, right? And so I was rallying folks and even our in-house team saying, let's think outside the box. Let's, so they're ordering uh, devices to better hook up to the internet and make things happen real time and all this. And I said, man, I want it where people all over a nation or a region, whatever we can do, we're going to push to that level. I want them to be able to text in their information and be part of the prize drawing so that they tune in. In some cases, it's, you know, a smart device, an iPhone or a flat screen TV, and sometimes even even like a moped is the grand prize. Man, I want to use bait that's going to draw the lost in to tune in. but And then give them the prize that won't just last a few days or a few years. Give them the prize that translates for eternity. Their life not being one spent burning in the flames of hell. But knowing the king of glory and knowing God as father forever. Be, becoming, they might have been moments before Hindu radicals or uh, Islamic uh, terrorists or fundamentalists with terroristic ideas. But boy, you give them the gospel and moments later, Jesus changes their life and hearts. And those that were enemies become our very brothers and their children call us their heroes. Man, that's the God we serve. That's the mission that we're on. And it is a, an awesome, most incredible exhilarating mission. And so the teams down there rallying folks right now in Ecuador, you heard about Albania, be standing with us that more and more, if the countries will just let us in, man, we will find a way. And what God does is that pioneering spirit, part of our assignment at Global Ventures is to go in and stir pastors' hearts so that they see out beyond and leaders, pastors, leaders, the body of Christ there, they see out beyond the realm of what is possible to do the impossible. I sat in Oral Roberts' home uh, years back before he passed, being an ORU alum, and he had just written his final, believe it was his final book, and it was, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. And we sat as he poured out hours there in the latter years of his life, just poured out and blesses. And it was because he dared to see beyond what others saw. How many wanna live a life like that? I want to share about that as we're turning to scripture, turn to John 17. I do want to say the family's well, we're all good. Um, got to brag on my boys as you're turning to John 17. Maybe pull up that picture if it's there. I, Martine, my queen, man, she is my partner in all that we do in life and ministry and holding down the fort, the ministry when I'm out like this and getting the boys facilitated places. Um, my sons of thunder, John, Andrew, 
we call him Andrew. He's still breaking records. He just ran the mile a week and a half ago. Uh, PR four as a 10th grader, four minutes, 31 seconds. Praise the Lord in cross country season. You know, I had, we had COVID try to mess with our household. Praise God, God just brought us through strong and sure. Uh, but we noticed his, his wind wasn't quite what it was before. And you know, we gotta teach our kids how to live by faith. And I said, I've never seen Andrew, he's the skinny one on your far left. Uh, I've never seen Andrew where he couldn't run and run and run and run and run and run and run some more. And about a mile into his run, I'd take him out and during quarantine, they said, you got to quarantine. You can't be around uh, fellow athletes. And we wanted to be wise and safe and not have, um, you know, uh, wrong spoken about us. So we said, no, we'll quarantine. We'll be wise and safe and take care of everybody. Um, but I'd take him out to a remote area so he could run and a mile into it. He'd start huffing and puffing, have to start, stop for five to 10 minutes. I've never seen Andrew like that. And so he got back into the cross country season and he's like, dad, I'm not hitting the times. And boy, just like pastor Isaac was talking about how the enemy will try to accommodate and bring, you know, thoughts to your mind. When you get in situations, like I said, son, you declare the word, man, you just stand on the word. God's giving you this gift. It's an innate gift given from him. He doesn't withdraw that. You just stand and push. Well, it wasn't right away. It wasn't at the next meet. It wasn't at the meet after that. It wasn't at the meet after that. He still wasn't hitting better times. He was slower than he ever was before. And oh man, look at uh, so-and-so, man, he, he ran his best runs his ninth, 10th grade year. And then it was over. Maybe. And I said, no, you just keep standing. You keep declaring no matter what thoughts come. He just kept standing, kept declaring at, at conference. He wound up running the 5k at 15 minutes, 48 seconds. Pray that's 3.11 miles. Praise be to God. So we're real excited. And then David, my little big hoss, uh, both of them stand about 6'3". He's a football player, ninth grade, got in the weight room and off season and wound up squatting. He maxed out at 540 pounds. I never touched, I don't know, even know if I've squatted over half that. I, anyway, it's amazing what God will do with your kids when you raise them in the way of the Lord and tell them how to go after things with faith. You know, say, well, that's a sport. That's not spiritual. Man, God wants to invade every aspect of our lives. He wants us to be test living testaments from sports to music to academics. He wants his kids to shine the brightest so that we can shine the way to him and be testaments, living testaments, living stones of the goodness of what he has done. Hey, real quickly, before we get into the word uh, a little bit more, you can stay in touch with us uh, two real quick ways. The Global Ventures app, you will get stuff from the field and things that are going on. Global Ventures, just type that in, it's on all platforms. It's got our new branding and different things like that, but you'll get stuff even before the general public does uh, for miracles that happen out on the front lines to um, announcements of what's going on in ministry before we get it out to the general public. And then if um, we got a, a table, if you want more information on trips, hard copy, you can jump there, you can get it through the app. Um, or if you've got a skedaddle and want more information, um, just a quick, easy text way, just text GV to 313131. Uh, 313131, the letters GV for Global Ventures. And make sure you get us information and we'll get you anything and everything you want to know about trips and ministry around the world. John 17, verse 20 says this. 
I do not pray for these, and I'm going to read down through verse 23. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Do you know who that is? We're look, John 17 is this beautiful prayer that Jesus starts out praying for his disciples and all that they're about to encounter and how he wants to pour out his goodness, his glory, the Father's uh, just manifested power and presence in and on them. But right here, we make a shift from Jesus praying about the disciples to praying about us. How many are here because you believed on the words about Jesus from the disciples? How many know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, Acts, all of that came as a result of those that followed Jesus or those that wrote listening to those that directly followed Jesus, wrote down the accounts of what Jesus did. So we are the very recipients of this part of Jesus's prayer. I do not pray for these alone, my disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Wow. The glory that you have given me, I have given them. That they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. If I were to title this message, I would say one with him so that the world may know. Say one with him, one with him. so that the world may know. Now, I want to take the scriptures I've just read, and I actually want to move from the latter scripture backwards a bit. And I want to focus in on the last thing that Jesus said in verse 23, because I believe with all my heart as a believer, and even as someone that does not know Jesus yet personally as Savior and Lord, that to understand the great love that God wherewith has loved us with is the key to the whole thing, the whole enchilada. It's the key to knowing that, hey, he paid a price and I wanna give my life to him if you've never done that. But once then that we have given our lives to him, it is the key to identifying with how he sees us, the identification of Christ-like thinking, a righteousness consciousness, not a sin consciousness. It's understanding the great love of God. Even seen in the disciples and the disciple of love who wrote this, John. The closeness that he physically had to the master, and you see the circles, that John the beloved was the one that leaned back on Jesus's chest and torso and asked him, who is it, master? Is it I? Who is it? Who is it really? At the Last Supper, when they were wondering about someone's going to betray Jesus, John the beloved had a revelation of how much Jesus so loved him. It is so crucial that we get that revelation. We meditate on it. And one of the things I've been taking the boys through, Andrew and David, I still, Andrew's been learning to drive here over the last year and on. So it means that uh, I don't get him in my vehicle taking him to school as much 
And I cherish those hours driving them to, you know, if you add it all up, it's not an hour each day, but add it all up. It's hours that you spend uh, if you drive your kid to school over a period of years and years and years before they learn to drive. So I still have David because we would, we would haul David to school to allow Andrew to learn to drive, you know, and be wise, not so he's distracted or talking and that type of thing. But every now and again, I'll get Andrew in there. Hey, son, you don't need your car. You're going to a track meet and we'll sign you out early after you run. And they allow that. And so ride with me. Dad's got some things to share. So I was able to pour this into David and Andrew both. Third John 2 is one of my favorite scriptures. Beloved, the, I love the old, the original King James Version. Beloved, above all things, I wish that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. You start with the very first word there that we are beloved we are the beloved we are loved as this scripture says the love that god the father has for jesus jesus is saying let them know that they're loved in that very same way do you know that he doesn't love you even a fraction of an nth of a degree less than what he loves jesus he loves you just the same as he loved Jesus. Do you know that's kind of hard for the natural carnal mind to absorb? But it's so important for us to absorb it and renew ourselves unto it with the spiritual mind because it's absolutely true. And the proof of it's this God would not have been able to give his only begotten Son, John 3 16, if he loved you and me even a fraction of an nth of a degree less than he loved Jesus. God the Father gave by faith, knowing that you and I and many, 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 many across the world would respond to that great love and become the sons and daughters of heaven, the sons and daughters of God. Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren, right? We're the first, we're after him, those that are born again as a result of God being willing to give Jesus because he loved us with the exact same love. So man, you go around thinking and meditating on the love of God and it'll cause you to see things that you've never seen before. It'll cause you to operate in power and anointing and virtue at different realms that you've never flowed in before. What happens though is the enemy tries to come and talk us out of who we really are in him. Right. Say, I'm not gonna be talked out of it. <laughs> I remember um, ministering in the very first year of full-time ministry down in Peru. I'm based out of a church uh, there of a mighty man of God, Jim Andrews Church down in Lima, Peru. And Jim had been given a tent because he knew I was coming and knew I was coming to do evangelism, the challenge that he had been given. And so Pastor Jim said, John, uh, this other pastor, Robert Berger, gave this tent. You take it all over Greater Lima or as far as you want to go and you do your crusades in them. So that's what we were doing. Um, one night before we had gotten that tent set up, we were ministering and a lady had come forth in the prayer and healing line. And I'd given a challenge that if you come down front, you're going to be healed by the power of Jesus. And I remember going down, it was a small enough crowd that I was able and felt prompted to minister up close and lay hands on them. Many, many crusades. We don't have the ability, the human capacity to do that. When you're talking 
tens of thousands, you'd be there night and day, and the human you just can't hold up humanly. So you got to pray a mass prayer, and so many miracles happen. But this young lady, when I got to her, she said, I have real bad migraines. And if I remember correctly, it was connected as well to some neck and back pain. And But she said, I've got a migraine. It's happening right now. And uh, my translator was there talking to her. And so I said, well, we're going to pray, and it's going to be instantly gone. I laid hands on her, and the moment I did, I, I stepped back after just declaring and releasing. I said, how's it feeling? She said, it's still there. Well, that's very unusual for us. We're used to the Lord doing instantaneous miracles because John 14, 12 is true. Jesus said, verily, verily, whoever believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do also in greater works because I go to the Father. So I, unusual, a lot of times I'll say, well, is there any difference? And for someone to say, no, it's still hurting. That's extremely rare because we're so used to instantaneous miracles. But I got this instant impression on the inside from the Lord that she doesn't know how much I love her as heavenly father. She already had been saved. She already was on her way to heaven. And instantly I got the impression as well that something had gone amiss with her biological father and her. Many times you get in other countries and the things that go on, even in the structure of the family, dear Lord, it's just horrible. You get over in areas like Thailand and they aren't being just stolen into human trafficking. Their own mamas and daddies are bidding them farewell as they go down from up country, you know, from up country in the hill tribes down to Bangkok, knowing you're, we're sending our daughter off to work in the sex slave trade. Why? When you have a lack of the light of who God really is and you don't know his love, people, humanity will stoop and to doing dastardly things, even to their very own children. In India, I saw as beggars, their children would be maimed, and we found out from the folks we work with, yeah, they will take their own children and break their bones and maim their body to make them better beggars, not the heart of God. We in our culture, if you're raised anywhere around God and have a sense of even morality, and many other cultures are like this too, the natural desire as a parent is to cause your child to go further than you did. And that's how true legacy is produced, generationally. But you get in cultures that are absent of the light of God, darkness rules supreme, and man, it's so jacked up, so messed up, where they're maiming, breaking, blinding their own eyes of their kids to make them better beggars for life. Well, instantly when I felt this impression of this young lady, I stepped back and I just said, do you know how much God the Father loves you? And guys, it was like I took a frying pan and knocked her in the face. She was shocked, already a believer, already on her way to heaven. But when I just stopped and got out of that and just made that arresting statement to her, it more than got her attention. I said, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to envision him as a loving heavenly father, just reaching out to you with arms of love, embracing you. I want you to let go of any hurt. I felt like she had been hurt, probably abused by either her biological father or a father, what should have been a father figure in her life. I said, it doesn't matter what's been done naturally to you by father or people in that role. 
God the Father loves you with a perfect love that would never hurt you, never harm you, only will love and protect you. And I watched her close her eyes and just focus in on that. And I watched a sense of just peace sweep across her face. And as she opened her eyes, I could tell she had tears there that she was holding back. I could tell the revelation, at least the initial revelation of how much God as a father loving her had become, began to come real to her. And I immediately said to her head and to the migraine, now go in Jesus name. And I said, how's it feel? Move your neck around, check. She said, it's gone. Instantly healed by the power of Jesus. The love of God is real. It's tangible. It'll permeate not only people's hearts, but it'll set them up to receive a healing manifestation, a miracle in their lives. The second thing I want to focus on in this scripture, have us look at, is what I've already alluded to. Our oneness with him our oneness or union with him. And it says, and the glory which you gave me, I've given them that they may be one just as we are one. And up in verse 21, it talks, Father, uh, how you, Father, are in me and I in you that they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me. Now listen, I've heard folks preach on this passage talking about unification in the body of Christ. And not to take anything away from messages along those lines, but what I want you to focus in and us to focus in this morning is your individual oneness with God Almighty. That what Jesus did when he hung on the tree and became a curse for us, the reason he had to become a curse is anyone that is sinful is cursed. We're under a curse when we're outside of the grace of God that only comes in the sacrifice and redemptive work of Jesus. So that means at the cross, just like the scripture, scripture says, he became, he who knew no sin became sin for each and every one of us. He bore a debt that we could not pay. No human being on the planet can measure up, can do good enough, can say enough prayers. I've sat even with head Buddhist monks and asked them and they'll finally admit to me, you're never sure in Buddhism. One monk had been in uh, that whole life. He had been a, a monk over, I believe it was 53 years. And he had 52, 53 years. He admitted, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going when I die. Of course, they believe in reincarnation and all that. But he was, you're never sure. The religions of the world are not sure because they deep in their own hearts know. Deep in the heart of man and woman. You know that you can't measure up in your own work. It's only the work of Jesus, God the Son, that measured up on behalf of each and every one of us. Thank God he did that. And through that work, we're not just sinners that are cleansed. I don't like it when people talk about that we're just still sinners. I had someone just, just this last week catch us and say, well, we're just sinners, you know, forgiven. That's not true. The moment we say yes to Jesus, Pastor Isaac was saying it up here, it was awesome. Man, we are totally, that old man, that sinful nature, old person on the inside was obliterated, cannot be found. On the inside, we are joined unto the Lord and we are one with him. 
recreated, made brand spanked new, made in his very own likeness. So much so that Ephesians talks about that we don't have the right just to come in. Hebrews says we can come boldly into the throne room of grace in time of need if we mess up because he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us as John, 1 John talks about. But man, Ephesians even gives a little more light that we are seated right there in and with Jesus in heavenly places. Why? Because we've been made one with him. We're born of God, heirs of the Father, joint heirs with Jesus. In modern day vernacular, that means God Almighty, the Lord of Sabaoth, the Lord of the angel armies, angel host. Isn't just the awesome creator of the universe. He's my daddy, Papa. And I can view him that way. Jesus isn't just the captain of the host, the king of kings and lord of lords. He that will judge between the quick and the dead. That means the living and the dead. But Jesus is my personal Savior and Lord and my big brother. And he, they love us. God the Father, God, they love us in that way. We become family. And when you're part of the family, whoo, glory to God. God put us in a place that no man, no devil, no institute, nothing on this earth, nothing. Paul got so wrapped up in it, he said height, depth, you know, things present, things to come, nothing. Angels, spirits, nothing can separate us. Sin, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our union, John G. Lake was asked this, my interpreter down there in Peru that first year of the ministry 23 years ago. David was his name, David Mont, and he was a real studier. And he had dug out some John G. Lake writings and um, he shared this story with me that John G. Lake went to a world uh, kind of emporium, a, a emporium of world religions, philosophies, and beliefs. And they put him, he would actually put them to the test and say, you try to get this person healed with your, you know, seance power or voodoo or whatever it was. And, and he would just show the power of God in front of all these, you know, dark religions and show that God's power is right. And John G. Lake, you know, was the one that cursed the bubonic plague and the disease died in his hand. And they watched under a microscope as it died. They were amazed. Man, we have something in us that's more powerful than COVID. We've got something more powerful than anything that'll hit this planet because we've been redeemed. And we walk, as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, man, as he is, we're loved with the same love the Father loved the Son, and we are in the same status as Jesus is. Why? Because spiritually, we're seated in heavenly places right there. And so they asked John G. Lake, this important, well, what is different about your Christianity, your religion, your philosophy, your belief? And he thought for a moment, and um, we really meditated on this answer after, after uh, my interpreter crusade coordinator told me this. John G. Lake said, my God and my relationship with my God means that I have come into perfect union with the creator Almighty of the universe right here and now. Do you know you're in perfect union spiritually? You can't pray another prayer to get you in greater union, higher realms of fellowship spirit. You are it. You're it on a stick, spiritually speaking. You are. You're accepted in the beloved. You're in perfect union with God Almighty. 
And one thing my interpreter, he was a master teacher and I love something he said. I'll repeat it. Man, religious people would get all up in arms, all cattywampus with the statement I'm about to make, so I'm going to just warn you about it. But I like the statement. He said, John, when you begin to think about it, he said, what we have in Christ Jesus, what we have through the new birth and this union actually puts us, you know, he stated it this way, people get all tripped up thinking about the the Trinity and God in one, one in three and all of this. He said, the real fact of the matter is God has put a smack dab in the Trinity. We're there seated in heavenly places, eternally linked to God Almighty. It is. I'm not saying that we are deity. No, Jesus is deity. He's the only one that could pay the price. But God made us children of heaven, children of God. That's why we have the right and the privilege to walk in as authority, dominion right now, today. And that is why Jesus could talk about and declare and pray to the Father that the glory, he's not point three, is the glory. The glory of Jesus Christ. And I wrote it down this way. The glory of JC has come to live inside of me. The glory of Jesus Christ hadn't just come to live inside of me, it's come to live inside of you. And that glory is at our disposal anytime we need it, him, his power, his anointing. We simply can tap into it and it will flow. It will liberate. It will free. It will deliver. Not only will it bring blessing and benefit to us and our families and our children, our children's children and on down, it will free the most jacked up, riddled, demonized individual in one brief moment. In one of the episodes of The Reach, we share and have some footage that we had never shown before. So footage in Nepal, and just talking about his glory and his power. It was a young lady who was a precious little girl, 12 to 13 years old, and she went into a demonic fit out in the crowd, and they made the mistake, the Christian workers, of pulling her out in between the crowd and the stage. And that's just what the devil would want to allow all the people that have never heard the gospel to see this little girl flipping out under demon power and trying to distract us sharing the message that will free the masses in one hearing if they simply say yes after hearing about Jesus. So I quickly turn over to my crusade director and said, run, get that girl and get her backstage. And so in the process, I mean, she's on the ground, dirt in her hair, they're laying hands on her. They finally get her backstage. The story goes on, her name was Mandira. And uh, if you wanna see the footage, pull up uh, The Power of One, episode two. It'll bless your, bless your socks off. But Mandira's demonized, I mean, you see the darkness in her eyes. Come to find out they had carried her from Hindu temple to Hindu temple, paid money, tried to get her free, all for naught. Gods of stone and wood could not help her. Why? They're not the power of God. They're the representations of little g, gods, demon spirits that are the dark side. And that kingdom won't divide itself. It's not going to cast out devils. That's what that kingdom wants is to terrorize and oppress humanity. Well, they finally had turned to medical science as well. They had turned to everything. Nothing had helped her the last month or so. She had only had a few days of, con if you added up all the hours together, only a few days of consciousness, if you added it all up. 
where her family was barely able to communicate and she would be somewhat in a right state of mind because of these demon spirits. So that's why she was thrashing. That's why she was hurting. But that night, that afternoon, evening, she got set free by the power of Jesus. The glory of God was manifested in and on her. And the very next crusade afternoon, evening, I sat on the stage with little Bendira Subedi, looked in her eyes, the life, the light of Jesus. She was just, she was glorious. I talked to her through a translator, made sure that she had totally professed Jesus as Savior and Lord. And on that stage that day, she was grinning from ear to ear. Her family, her whole family knew about it. You release the glory of God in that way. It not only will free an, an individual, it'll be like that uh, demoniac of the tombs. It'll impact the whole region. Her whole family got saved. The whole crowd heard about it. It was awesome what God did. Do you know the glory is real and it's for us to walk in because of our union with him? When I was in Peru, though it was the very first time, first year of full-time ministry, I said, I don't want to just minister just in these tent meetings in Greater Lima. I want to go to the most unreached territory of Peru. So they took me to Abancay, Peru, a place up in the mountains, a very remote place, hard to get to. And as I was there, a mighty miracle happened one night. A deaf girl, her ear was open. Her alcoholic father had be beaten her in a drunken rage when she was about three years old. And it resulted in permanent deafness. And she was about 26 years of age at that time, would stand on street corners. And uh, God opened that ear, it was glorious. Uh, both ears, it was glorious. I didn't even know she was in the crowd, but the gospel is when you share it, it's a release point of the glory of God for humanity, redemption for humanity. God knew she was there, opened both her ears. We brought her up on stage. The miracle filters got her up. Uh, the team of church members that were interviewing down off the stage, that's what we call them. And we caught it on, on, on video and took it to the TV station. Very prominent man that ran the TV station. He said, I know this girl. I drive by her in my SUV every day. I mean, it was almost like a natural, uh, na uh, current day natural example of the rich man in a Lazarus situation. She was destitute, he was rich and blessed, very Catholic, very prominent, uh, was too important to come to our crusade, didn't want to lose his Catholic image. But when he saw the miracle of Maria happen, he said, I want to see her and interview her myself. We brought her to the station. He interviewed her, could not, was so blown away. He said, I'm not just gonna refilm uh, another TV commercial for you. We were gonna bring Maria and film this commercial and, tell people we told you miracles would happen. Come, Maria's been healed, you'll be healed uh, as well. He said, I won't just do that, I'm gonna do a one hour special. Call it the miracle of Abinkai and feature the miracle of Maria. And I'm gonna broadcast it all over this region for free. It so impacted that man that that man bowed and prayed the prayer of salvation personally, making Jesus savior and Lord of his life. Again, too proud to come out to the crusade, but that miracle, that glory manifestation, changed his life forever and brought him into not just a religious ritual of somewhat acknowledging these things, but making Jesus his personal master and savior. One of the final nights of that crusade, I was walking the, to the crusade. We had gone from out open air to a big upper room to try to transfer the new believers into the hands of the churches, what few existed there. And a lady stopped me on the street and she said, oh my goodness, you're that man on TV. I said, yes, ma'am. And 
she said, well, I'm very skeptical of all these things. I'm an anthropologist and all of this, and I've studied and got my master's in this, that, and the other. And, and I said, well, that's, that's fine. I said, but yeah, God's real and good. And she said, yes, I, I believe more in crystals and energies, just contradictory, you know, just crazy. Here she didn't believe in the power of God to heal, yet she stops dead in her tracks in the middle of sharing about crystals and anthropology. And she said, whoa, there's this aura coming from you right now. And I've never seen an aura of power. It's so powerful. It's so uh, bright. I've never seen anyone exude, have an aura shine forth from them like this. And I quickly corrected her. I said, ma'am, what you're seeing is not an aura. It is the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right there on a street corner, on the way to that upper room area. And she said, well, I don't know. I'm very skeptical, but I saw Maria. I saw that girl and the ears open. I said, you come tonight. You'll see with your own eyes the miracles of Jesus. And you'll never be the same again. And she said, well, I, I don't know. But this aura, it went back to her. It's so bright, so glorious. She said, I, I don't want to leave here unless you bless me. And my teenage daughter. She had her teenage daughter about 18 years of age. I found out later it was a twin, an identical, her daughter. She had identical twins. And so I was blessing her. All of a sudden, a man down the street runs down, sees me just praying a blessing. It's biblical to bless people. Okay, I'll bless you. I'll let God begin to mess with you. You lay our hands on them, man, they're going to be messed with in the right kind of way with the glory and the power of the Almighty God. Listen, you're called to walk in these things. We're called to do supernatural exploits. Them that do know their God shall be strong, Daniel eleven thirty two, and do exploit. We're called to do, it's not just John G. Lakes and people of old. We're called to do crazy, wild things. Well, eventually I marry Martine and I get our first home. That was when I was single. And God deals with us, even though we're hardly home, God deals with us to reach out to our neighbors. We start reaching out to them, their live-ins, wind up getting them uh, in a, a way that we can share the gospel, doing a Christmas event. And man, the glory of God fills our little car cab and she gets healed, live-ins. Next, uh, next day or so, I see him out on the street. He works for uh, FedEx and he's like, you know, I'm doing this at FedEx. He said, man, we're, we're so glad we encountered you guys and all because, man, we know we, we've been living in sin. And they plugged into the church that we had taken them to this Christmas outreach uh, in connection to that church. And he said, we're going to get married. I said, Brian, doesn't matter about the past. What matters is you're making it right. And you're right before God. Well, lo and behold, we had moved to the back part of the neighborhood a year or two to come. And he remembered he, his fellow worker in FedEx had hurt his arm just lifting all the packages over and over and over again. He brought his, hunted me down in the backside of the neighborhood, brought his FedEx friend there and right out in our yard, he said, John, do what you do. And I said, well, for, you know, first off, it's not me, it's Jesus in and through me. But no, we'll do it. Laid hands on his fellow worker's arm, instantly healed every pain, every problem, able to fully move his arm. Guys, this is for us to operate in now today. That mom in Peru that saw the aura brought her daughters. I didn't know it. They both had something wrong in each of their opposite wrists, one wrist each, a genetic weakness. And during ministering healing, each of the daughters were healed by the power of God. The mom had come unglued, came up and shared the testimony. But even more importantly than their daughter, her daughters being healed, they all three were born again gloriously. 
and believe and operate in the highest energy. It's not an energy. It's him, the Lord Jesus Christ. This is for us to live and to operate in today if we'll simply step out and go all in for him. So that the world may believe and know that you have sent me. God needs us as ambassadors of heaven to manifest heaven so that the world knows that he is good, that he is God, and that he is good, and that he is the answer right now for them. I encourage you, begin to just expect crazy, unusual things in your day-to-day life. Begin to step out on the job with neighbors, coworkers, or strangers because God wants to use you in unusual, unprecedented day, ways. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today, you say, man, I want to be used in greater ways to walk in these things. I want to be used to see people that work for such and such company instantly healed. I want people to, I want to have the reputation of, hey, I can bring my coworker you know, over to my yard and lay hands on them and instantly see them healed. Be able to lead people to Christ, whether on a coffee break or a stranger that I might encounter in the grocery store. I want to be used in greater ways, whether it's here or from here out in the nations. That's you if you say, I want to be used and I want to flow in greater miracles and greater power. And I want to see him. Just throw your hand up. I've got my hand up. Even though we've seen 2.3 million decisions for Christ, Man, I want to turn it into 23 million decisions for Christ in the years to come. I want to see more miracles and greater things unfold. Amen. Hands up all over. I want to give another quick call. If there's anyone by chance, I know most of us are believers, but if there's anyone by chance that is not where they need to be with the Lord and you're here, you might say, John, I'm not living 120%. I'm not living 100% all in for him. And I want to sell out all the way. I want to make sure even the small areas and hidden areas of my life are fully submitted to him. I don't want to uh, waste time. I don't want to dilly dally around in this or that. I want to be about the number one assignment of God on my life. The number one assignment is to know him and then make him known. Our first love of that joy of his salvation and what he means to us, carrying that to others. That is what all of us in the different capacities and different stations where he's placed us or called to. Does anyone like that? Just raise your hand up. You're like, I I know there's more. I know I need to go deeper with him. I know I need to sell out in a greater way. Hands going up all over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You might have been a saint in the church for years, but feel a conviction to go deeper, all in, let go of things that have held you back. Or you might have just walked in the church doors for the first time today. God will take you deeper. I want everyone with heads bowed and eyes closed, put your hand on your heart. Lift another hand to heaven. Right now, just say this prayer out loud. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's your holy son. I believe he paid a price that no one could pay. He paid the price for me. And I thank you this very day that that price paid is maximized in me fully realized in me i give my whole life 
over to your Lordship, Jesus. Live bright and true in me. I repent of any and all things of the past and I embrace you fully. Use me in unusual ways. Use me out of this oneness with you, out of being a true child of heaven, a true child of God. Use me in authority dominion to manifest your glory in very real, tangible ways that will bring people into fellowship with you, into that born again experience for their life. Thank you, Lord. I'm expecting it from this moment forward. And I'll step out. I won't wait. I'll by my will, because you've given me your glory, step out at every opportunity. And I'll even dare say that if opportunity needs to be created, I'll dare and have the boldness to set the stage and create the opportunity to win souls to you, work miracles for you, flow in words of knowledge and prophecy for you and by you. In Jesus' name, right now, say an amen and let's lift our hands to heaven. Praise God. Everyone that might have needed to shore anything up or get things right, you're right beyond a shadow of a doubt. There is nothing standing in any way hindering your fellowship with God Almighty. You're a, a son, a daughter that shines bright with his glory. I want to say this prayer. If there's anyone that has sickness, ailment, I want you to put your hand on your, everyone just stand on your feet with me. As we close out, I know we've gone a little bit, a hair long here today, but in an atmosphere like this, I would hate to miss the opportunity for the glory of the risen Jesus to manifest on behalf of your need. If you have a sickness, a disease, a pain, an ailment, anything, it can be physical, it can be mental. Man, Jesus came to free us in every single facet and area of our life to give us that abundant overflow in life. So maybe you've even faced torment, maybe things in your life and your mind if the night seasons, I don't know. Jesus is here to give you a new beginning, to give you wholeness, freedom, to give you healing right now. Just put your hand on your chest or on your head or if it's a specific area that you can easily touch, you can put your hand there. And I just believe his power of healing and deliverance, freedom is going to flow through every, every fiber of your being right now. In the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus, I speak to every pain, every problem, every sense of brokenness. Lord God, right now, every... If anyone's in torment, I say be free in Jesus' name. I say be healed now. Pain and problems in shoulders, lungs, hearts, livers, internal organs be made whole. Problems in backs, necks, heads be made whole. In the name of Jesus, legs, joints, ligaments, tendons, muscles. 
in the name of Jesus, be ever went whole, completely made well. Ears, eyes, open, hear, see. Problems be completely healed right now indeed. Thank you, Lord God. The ability to think, the ability to have freedom, joy, peace unspeakable. Any type of oppression is broken right now by the authority, the name and manifested presence of Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Begin to just praise him and do what you couldn't do. There was a pain, a problem, you can check. Move your leg, your knee, check, move your shoulder, your back around. Give him praise. If it was something with being uh, out of peace in your mind, just say, I have peace now. Just thank him for that peace that passes all understanding. He's touching, he's healing, he's freeing, he's making new and whole people right now. If you sense his healing power, virtue, his wholeness, that it's touched you in a special way and that you can tell a tangible difference in your body or in your mind, raise your hand high if you say, I can tell a physical, tangible difference all over this place. If you can tell a physical, measurable difference, raise your hand high. Just wave at me right now. Just wave at me right now. Amen. Praise God. You can tell a difference. Hands up all over. Waving, waving, waving. Wow. Praise God. Anybody have a real notable, it's completely gone, you're completely well. Anybody, just wave at me. Right here, Isaiah, is that right? What was it? What was wrong, Isaiah? Sorry. No, it's all right. Sorry, somebody else was waving back here. Yes, ma'am. What was your knee? How, how long was there a problem there? Five years. Pain? Was it an injury or just one day woke up started? Yeah. Was it hurting when you came in? And and now? It's gone. Just stand on that one leg. I know you got heels, but no pain at all when you do that? Who healed you? Amen. High five. In God good. Praise God. Knee hurting for five years. Instantly made whole. Praise be to Jesus. In God good, who else says, I'm better? Just give a big wave if you're, I'm not gonna, we don't have time to have a whole miracle interview service. But if you're better, uh, again, I just wanna see your hands and get a count from the ushers. If you say, I have a tangible healing, just like the sister with her knee, raise your hand high. We wanna get a count of how many were made whole. Amen, amen, keep your hand up, wave at me, amen. If an usher can count all these hands, we just wanna, amen. I want to encourage you, we don't have time right now in this setting, but get with Pastor Isaac, get with pastoral leadership, let them know of what God did this morning, or text us, let us know as you give feedback or at the table of what God did. We see this all over America, everywhere we go, because Jesus is the same. And Jesus will do miracles in and through you in the very same way. Did we get a count? Did any usher or anybody? About 10, about 10. Now, if there are others that say, John, it might not have been physical, but I could tell a release, maybe in your mind, in your heart, just raise your hands. I want to say amen, because I, mean, I know a lot of hands went up. Amen, amen. Sometimes miracles of the heart and soul are some of the most magnificent miracles. New beginning operations from heaven. 
you have a new beginning. Step out, walk in it, maximize it as you go day to day in your life. Don't, don't let someone in need not know of how God has touched you and what he's done for you. And then gently turn the tables and say, hey, he'll do the same for you and lead them to Jesus right there on the spot. Work the miracles, release his glory, and watch what God does through you. God bless you. We love you. Thank you all at Abundant Life Ministry. Thank you. Thank you, Brother John. That was awesome, wasn't it? Tell you what, I'm just so encouraged as you shared about the love of God, the unity we have in God, the glory of God. There's no one else like it. I wrote this down in my notes. We are one with the one. There's only one like that. There's only one that loves like that. There's only one that is as glorious as he is. There's only one that can do what was just done here today, that can heal mind, body. He's awesome, isn't he? So, Brother John, we thank you for coming this morning. So blessed to have you. And I just want to encourage you all as we close this morning. Um, check out the table on your way out. I know he's got a product table and materials, print materials and things. Stop over there and, and check it out. See what he's got. And um, I know that'll be good. I encourage you again too. if you want to give to Global Ventures, you can do that either with an envelope at the back. Just notarize that you want it to go there or uh, give online on uh, app or website. And we'll make sure that that gets to them. Hey, I want to close this way if you would with me. I know we're, we're here a little longer than normal and that's okay because God's been doing some good things in the service today. I want us to close. He mentioned uh, about blessing people. And I think we ought to, as a church, bless him and Global Ventures as he goes today and, and just agree with them for a blessing as they travel into the world this year that doors will be open, they'll have opportunities and continue to see the work of God multiply. Don't you believe that with us this morning? I mean, what God blesses, it grows. And like he was saying, we've got, got 2.3 million decisions for Christ over the course of the ministry. Let's see that grow into 23 million. How about that? Amen. God can do it, can he? Let's pray. I'm going to lay hands on Brother John. Would you just reach your hand out and agree with me this morning as we pray? Father, we pray a blessing over this man and the ministry you have called him to, that you've appointed him to. I thank you, God, that the anointing on him and his team to go into the nations and preach the gospel, to be people who bring the power of the Holy Spirit into those places and see miracles, signs, and wonders done on a, on a daily, every trip basis. Lord, lives changed for Christ, hope given, life given, light shown to these nations and people who have heard for the first time or who it's becoming alive to this time. God, I pray for open doors that even in the world state we live in today, I thank you that nothing is, is beyond your power and your ability, that you would make a way to go to those nations and those places and those areas and those tribes and those people groups who haven't heard yet that the, the commission may be fulfilled that you, you may have every, every person hear the name of Jesus that all would come to know him God and that the harvest would be completed Lord we believe that we thank you for it and we thank you for laborers like Brother John and those at Global Ventures we just pray a blessing over them that they would be protected and provided for and led clearly by your spirit to how and when and where to go God I thank you that you're working through this man and this ministry we pray a blessing over it. Thank you that they're just abundantly provided for and have your power just, just fully working in every place they go, that they are effective for the mission of the gospel. Thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let's sing as we close our service. Let's praise our one true awesome God.